Thanks for tuning in to our 200th podcast episode. Kind of seems hard to believe that we've already produced 200 episodes. It's been a blast so far, and I'm really looking forward to keeping it going in future years. Just wanted to take a second to thank everybody for listening and all the support over the years. really means a lot. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. So can't thank you guys enough for listening and supporting us. On this episode, I'm going to be talking with our friend Josh Elderton from The Untamed. We talk about a bunch of different stuff. We talk about how his son has gotten very interested in hunting in the last couple of years and how his focus has kind of shifted to making sure he's spending as much time with him in the woods as possible. He also tells the hilarious story of how he was injured in the woods this past spring. It's definitely something that you're going to want to listen to. It. It's hilarious. It's also a little scary, but pretty funny and he's got such a positive attitude that even though something bad happened to him he's turned around and found the positive in it also we talk about the changes that are happening for the untamed him and kirk are going separate ways and as a fan of the untamed i was curious as to why they split up and kind of what the untamed content is going to look like in the future before we get into the episode i wanted to let you guys know that we've partnered with the social media platform go wild to combat mainstream social media censorship Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So check the link in the description of this podcast or visit downloadgowild.com to get started. If you check the description of this podcast, you'll see a list of all the gear that we use. We also have some promo codes listed down there as well that can save you some money if you want to buy some of those products. Also, we've got a ton of new merchandise that's on our website. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I think it's our coolest line that we've come out with yet. Hayden did a really good job with it. There's a bunch of cool turkey-related shirts, hats, stuff like that. So check out the link in the description. There's also a promo code down there that you can use on our website to save money if you buy some of our merchandise. And a cool thing that we're doing right now is when you buy merchandise from us, 10% of the sales will be donated to Turkey Research. Also, if you're in need of a new bow, right now is the perfect time to be checking them out. If you have any interest in bear equipment, we can save you 10% off of all of their bows if you use the code THP10. At THP, we all use bear archery. We all love our bows. So if you have any interest in getting a new bow this offseason, check out beararchery.com. All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's get Josh on the line. We got Josh on the line here, and uh, Josh, is, we've been laughing about my setup here, just rolling the podcast in the in the truck. I've actually done this. I don't know, probably seven times be- before, and it, you know, there's worse places you could be doing a podcast. You oh, know? absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so what do you? I was probably in a couple of those places last week on yeah. vacation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How was your How was your vacation? How long were you on vacation? Eight days. Eight days. Was it spring break for Brody? Yeah, yeah, for Brody and my nephew, and you know. That's the first time we've ever done an Amtrak trip, so it was cool. Yeah. Uh, and these these kids, I don't believe they've been taught much on the history of America very much. So that was my point was to go to like Philly, Liberty Bell, and 
Liberty Square and then go to 9-11 Memorial, which, you know, is uh, something that I think everybody should go to because that's the world we're living in because of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And then the Boston. I mean, hell, they didn't even know who Paul Revere was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were asking if he played for the Celtics. I said, yeah, yeah, he plays for the Celtics, you nimrods. <laughs> and, so, I just can't believe this stuff. And, and But it was a good trip. Uh, it just some of these cities you go into from where we grew up, you know, they, they're seeing not only history of America, but they're also seeing that different culture. Yeah. And that culture is ever changing in those large cities. I mean, I was in New York city four years ago and New York city is a dirty place, but like my son's never been, my Brody's 13. He's never been exposed to weed or marijuana and, now every corner we walk on up there, you know, there's there's five jacklegs going, hey, you want weed? You want blunt? <laughs> you want good marijuana? My son's like, what is that, candy? I'm like, you know, and everybody's just, just toking along. So so now after that trip, my son has, has learned about marijuana also <laughs> yeah. and, and the smell of it uh-huh. uh, and everything. It, it just, oh, it's it's totally, just crazy. It's totally different than, like, the area that – you guys live and like where I grew up and I think that just being exposed to different cultures and just different stuff in general it just it definitely helps you grow whether you like everything you see or not is I don't think it's about that I think it's about just experiencing other perspectives and stuff like that I think it's really important and I well, didn't it's all life experience yeah for sure and when I was uh yeah 18 years old and had grown up in my hometown and really only ever been in, you know, a couple different areas of Ohio. I went to college and I was like, whoa, there's <laughs> a lot more to yeah. the world than what I even realized. And that's what I value the most about uh, going to college is just, you know, getting different life experiences. And, yeah, I think that's important as much as, yeah, anything in life is just getting out, seeing the world and, you know, whether you like being in the city or not, it's not saying that you like have to go live there. It's like important still though to visit in my opinion. So I think it's cool. I I absolutely agree. And that, you know, it, it's the same thing, you know, me growing up, you know, in Southern West Virginia, you know, we went to the beach for vacation. We went to the lake, but when I went in the Marine Corps, it's like that culture shocker going to college. It's like, Oh man, there's a lot of stuff going on out here. Oh yeah. Uh, that that I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. What you know? y- what years were you in the Marine Corps? Uh, ninety four to ninety nine. Ninety four to ninety nine. What what yeah. were some of the areas that you went to? Um, well, I went to uh, boot camp in South Carolina, and then went to my main unit uh, about six or eight months later in Camp Lejeune. Then we went to we went overseas. I stayed spent a lot of time in Africa. Uh, a lot of time around Europe, Bosnia. That was kind of what was going on when I was in. Mm-hmm. So, and that probably uh, was a lot, a whole lot different than Southern West Virginia. Oh, it most definitely a lot <laughs> different Southern West Virginia. <laughs> but you know, like we went, we we I had the luxury of being in the Marine Corps and going to Germany and training with some a Ranger battalion there, and. 
like Germany, just like the United States, maybe more advanced when it comes to infrastructure, roadways, stuff like that. But then you go to a more third world country mm-hmm. and you realize how far they are behind uh, in everything, mm-hmm. not just, I mean, in, in just everyday commodities, how far they are behind. Yeah. So it's, it's an eye-opening experience. Uh, and that's what I want. That's why we took this trip, to let those boys see some of the stuff and then hopefully they learn something. I mean. Yeah. Do uh, they have, what, what grade is Brody in right now? Seventh. Seventh. When, yeah. I, when I was in the eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade, we had a uh, trip, like an eighth grade trip to go to Washington, D.C. Is that yes. something that they do in your area? They still do, yes. Yeah. I took that same trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I swear, uh, and I've talked to several people, Zach, and like this generation of Brody and the, the, anybody's kids that are 20 years old and below right now. And I don't, I don't have anything about taking that trip to D.C. because that gives you a broader history on America. Uh, and like the forefathers and everything, but like I think it's so important for these kids to take a trip and go to the 9/11 memorial because mm-hmm. that's what's affecting, that's what's going to affect their lives mm-hmm. is 9/11. They need to know how that came about and then the memorial in it because it is it. They've done a really uh, tasteful job of putting that memorial together, and mm-hmm. and it's it just unreal to listen to all the recordings, the 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 answering machine recordings from family members on planes. I mean, it's a, it is a very intense memorial. Mm-hmm. And they've done good. And I think that that's what affects anybody that's 20 years. I mean, it affects us, but we're older. We mm-hmm. were living when it happened, but you know, I think that that will, that's shaped where our country is right now. And that's why I think it's so important. Yeah. Did, do you think that they enjoyed it? Oh, I, I think they really enjoyed they enjoyed being able to put headsets on and listen mm-hmm. to the real time recordings that gave them more perspective. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, and they asked a lot of questions afterwards, you know, why would they want to do stuff like that? And mm-hmm. I said, well, they're a bunch of sorry sons of bitches. But you know, they did, they enjoyed it. I don't think they enjoyed all the trip because it was like, you know, I'm a hundred mile an hour, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we were averaging 23, 25,000 steps a day and they're like, Hey, we're going to get lunch. We'll get lunch later. we got somewhere else to go. And we're just humping it through the cities and you know, I'm just go, go, go. And we got to DC when I was talking to you in DC, we had pulled into DC at like two 30 from we'd left Boston at six in the morning on the train. We got to our, we took Uber to the hotel and got checked in. And like all Stacy and Brody and my, my nephew Moore, they all jumped on the bed and just like laying down. I was like, "Hey, let's let's go to Arlington. I want y'all to see Arlington and and, and see the changing of the guard at the at the tomb." And so we started going at like three forty-five, and we Ubered over to Arlington, and we got back to the hotel at like eight, and we got like fifteen thousand steps in four and a half hours. <laughs> so. They they were like dying, and then you know you, you know because I just want to go, you know I, I, you know you know how I am. Oh yeah, and there's no reason to waste any time. <laughs> no, dude, it cracks me up to think of Josh Elderton tour guide. 
Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Brody said, man, he said, I wish you would have, we'd have just went to the lake and you toured me around fishing spots. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. That's hilarious. He said, he said I'd have been a lot less tired and my, my legs wouldn't be so sore. Oh, shit. That's so, hilarious. And then we get home. We get home Friday night at 930. And uh, uh, a guy from Virginia had had messaged me on Instagram and said, hey, you and Brody going out tomorrow for Virginia's youth season. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Hey, no no rest for the wicked. Let <laughs> yeah. me talk to Brody. <laughs> so I, I holler over at Brody, and I was like, hey, Virginia turkey season comes in tomorrow youth. He's like, oh, I said, and he kept on saying, he said, mentally, Dad, he said, I want to go turkey hunting. He said, but, like, my body's telling me no. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, think about it. I said, we're still on the train. I said, let's see what time we get home, and you think about it. Well, we get in, like, 930, get home at 10, 1030. And I was like, hey, you want to go? And he's like, he's like, yeah, let's do it. He said, I'm not going to have very many days to hunt. And I was like, all right, we got to get up at 2. <laughs> I said, it's three-hour drive. And he was like, okay. So I said, you need to get all your crap together. We didn't have none of our stuff together. Uh -huh. And uh, so in the meantime, I'm on Facebook, and I see a guy, I wish all the youth Kentucky and Virginia hunters, youth hunters in Virginia, Kentucky, good luck. And I was like, well, is Kentucky coming in? And I got online, and it is. And I was like, well, hell, Kentucky's just two hours away. Yeah. So I, I text Zach. And I was like, hey, this is 1130. I said, let's go to Kentucky in the morning. And he was like, okay, I'll go. And I said, well, get on get on our maps. Find us some public area over there that's closer to you than, than me. I'll come pick you up, and we'll go over and, and do it. And he was like, there's no way that y'all are waking up. I said, I'll be at your house at 530 in the morning. And he's like, all right. He said, I'll look for a place. So he sends me a couple of pins at like midnight when I'm putting my stuff together. Finally fell asleep, I think around one, woke up at 3.30 and headed over and hunting. And Brody's just zombied, you know, because he hadn't had no rest. Yeah. But, well, and he's a kid. And at that point in your life, yeah. it's like, it's such a hilarious time when you're like seventh grade age. It's exactly that time where it's like, you're really feeling the, the tired more like it's like in that yeah. time of your life more than ever but yeah. it's it's badass that he got up and wanted to go anyway yeah i mean he and he's really good about it and and like if it wasn't you know if it was in the season mm -hmm. and i go in most time if i go in there and i say hey brody get up it doesn't matter if it's two in the morning or six in the morning like he pops right up but like during turkey season or whatever if i go in there and i go hey brody you want to get up let's go hunting if he goes now nah, i'm tired i say okay i'll see you later on and i don't like i don't ever force and say no get up we're going hunting mm -hmm. like if he says you know i want to lay down or rest i just leave him be and i i head on out mm -hmm. then saturday when i got him up he jumped right up i said i'll meet you in the garage and you know we rolled out of there and, and headed to kentucky yeah what happened in that hunt Seemed like it's pretty action packed. It it was, and we went into an area blind. Mm -hmm. Never been over there, uh, which I like doing. And so we drive over there, and you know, where we leave so early, I don't. I wear Crocs, 
while I'm driving. You know, just because I just don't want to have a damn. I, I have hunting boots on enough. Yeah. You know, you know, you know the feeling. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? You try to you try to get out of them holes any t- any chance you can. Yeah. Let them they, let them air out. You Definitely. know what I mean? So I we we pulled up in the holler and I said Zach, I said I'm gonna lace my boot, get my boots on real fast. So I woke Brody up and and I opened the door and and we done a quick interview and I was sitting there lacing my boots up. And Zach just, he let out a hoot, and I'm telling you, 50 yards beside us. I was like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and, and I look up, and there ain't 25 trees. And I look up, and there's, there's speckles. Uh, there's birds everywhere <laughs> in, in, this, in this grove of trees. And I was like, it's in the middle of nothing. And I mean... And they all started pitching off, and you, they were over in that thick brush putting, and, and they clucked away from us. I said, hey, I said, they're going to be in the area mid-morning. I said, let's just leave these birds be, and we'll go on out. And so we obviously we don't know where we're going, but we get to a place where it's a low gap where two hollers come up, and it's all reclined. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's just stop here, and we can hoot down both these hollers. And we, we, we didn't even hoot. We're talking, you know, I don't know if the listeners have watched any of our videos or anything, but sometimes my hearing is questionable. <laughs> and uh, I told Zach, I said, you hear that bird? And he was like, you heard a cow? Because there's cows cows up there, too. And uh, he's like, that was, a, that was a calf mooing. And I was like, no, I heard a bird. So we sat there for like, I'm telling you, five, six, seven minutes. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm telling you, you didn't hear no cow. You, you heard a cow. You didn't hear a bird. And all of a sudden, man, he just thundered again. I said, there he is. I said, come on, we'll, we'll drive up here. And we walked up in this low gap. And we got in that gap. And, like, when I got into that gap and opened my truck door, like, I took one step out and, ah! <laughs> I said, like, hey, did y'all hear that? They're like, no. I'm like, I'm telling you, I said, get out there. They're ringing off everywhere. <laughs> and and Brody, Brody and Zach got out. And I mean, there was, uh, there was five birds gobbling there. And uh, these three birds, like, were just thundering. I mean, they were just cutting each other off. And I was like, you know, this bird behind us, I said, just, let's just leave him back there if this doesn't work out. And we'll go after him as a single bird. And that bird that we heard in the beginning to even put us up there on that train, we heard him two or three more times. But I mean, he was he was way out there, so we didn't even hear those three birds originally. So we got set up, and it, it wasn't a real good spot. You know how it is. And like when Brody and I were sitting down, we bumped like probably three or four hens off the roost over the hill. And I mean, it's straight, it's, it's a goat's face over, you know, so we just see him pitching off and we're trying to sit up on this little finger ridge that's seven and a half yards wide, <laughs> you know, it's just terrible. And these birds and the vocals, I mean, the hens, uh, cutting, they did, they were doing fly down cack. I mean, it was unreal. And these birds are just hammering, hammering, hammering. And they finally come to us and they came up and I was like, bro, there they are. And I, I was sitting there filming. I said, you know, can you shoot? And 
they'd come up, they kind of danced around, and then they went back over the hill. And he was like, and uh, then they came up again. And I was like, hey, any anytime you want to shoot, man, just shoot. You know, <laughs> I said it one. I think I said it four times while them birds were kind of strutting. And they were, and it was, it was a, a bunch of saplings, like a, a, that old surface stuff mm-hmm. when it gets about five, six years growth. And uh, it was, and it, it was like 40 yards. And uh, I said, hey, buddy, I said, whenever you want to shoot, you know, it's on you. Let's shoot. But you're good. You just do you. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, man, hammer one of them, buddy, please, please shoot already. And so they, they, they left the kind them birds, you know, I'm filming them and I see them start to scurry. They didn't putt, but they kind of just came out of their half strut and strut and kind of scurried back over the hill. And I was like, I'm inside. I'm going, oh my, you know, might've missed your opportunity. Yeah. You know. You can call them up, you know, they'll come up and dance. And if they leave and you call them up again, you're, you're, you're doing something. Uh-huh. You better take them. And they went down over the hill. And, and when they went over down over the hill, Zach, because, I mean, it, like the vocals, it was, so, it was unbelievable. The whole woods was lit up. And then when they went back over the hill the second time, it went silent. The hens, them, I mean, zipper lipped. They were, I mean, you could have heard a mouse peep. And I was like, damn. So we called a little bit, tried to get them to gobble. Nothing. So we sat there, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, complete silence. No turkeys, no hens. And uh, I got to, I got to, go back in the story a little bit because i wanted to ask you this but as as all these birds are in this group we're on this little finger point and because i'd never had it happen before that i've witnessed i had a hen fly up in a tree 15 yards to our left and when she first went up in the tree she kind of Act like she was going to roost. She mm-hmm. tuck her down, but then she stood up, and I think she was trying to locate Zach because we'd set up a three-man hunt, and Zach was behind us a bit. You know what I mean? Like you and I talked about. And uh, well, this bird, she gets up there, and hell, she she starts clucking and tree yelping, and then birds are just going crazy. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. you know, sit up there and do your thing, mama. You know, <laughs> she stayed up there ten minutes, mm-hmm. and finally. Uh, she flew down, did a big fly down cackle. I mean, it was, we didn't get it on cause I couldn't turn mm-hmm. to her. She was so close, but I just kept on watching her out of the corner of my eye. And, but anyway, I have had that happen. Yeah. I, I never had, 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 I've heard of it happening of them trying to get up there and locate wherever that other hen is, mm-hmm. the, the collar. Yep. But I, I never had had it to me. We, we were actually in West Virginia and it was, uh, me, Colin, and Keith, and Colin had heard um, multiple turkeys in this general vicinity the day prior. And the weather had changed a little bit, and it was a little bit more just overcast and humid, you know, not a great gobbling morning, like not a morning you go out and you think, oh, yeah, they're going to be lighting it up. But 
we got back into the area that we kind of wanted to get to and we were sitting there trying to strike a bird or call you know kind of calling casting a call out over some big timber and all of a sudden same thing a hen flies up and we're, we're split up and she starts going nuts and I remember thinking to myself, she's going to call up a Tom, and he's going to come in silent. And we were split up, and we didn't have any cover. We were essentially standing out in the wide open. We might have been even on a pipeline. And I remember being in front of Colin and Keith. So I was like, let's say 30, 40 yards in front of those guys. And she kind of flew up, you know, behind me and was now in between kind of we made a triangle. It was like Colin and Keith, me, and then the hen. And... She making a bunch of noise, calling up there, and I kept standing, listening for a gobble, and I remember thinking to myself deep down, I was like, you should probably just go back to those guys, even if it spooks that hen, because she's probably calling up a Tom right now, and I'll, yep. I'll be darned, man, if, like, after 10 minutes or so, right down where I would expect one to be coming from, I start hearing a real deep, like, what I would pretty much guarantee it was a tom putting at me yep because i never got covered i just stood there and that hen for whatever reason either couldn't see me or didn't care or didn't know what i was you know i maybe was just far enough away but sure enough he she called in a tom and that you know that tom putt is just pretty distinct it's just that oh, real yep. deep yep. loud buk, 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 and he just putted his way all down through there and never heard a gobble the rest of the morning ended up getting one in a different spot the next day but it was like oh like should have known better so i definitely learned from that experience as far as if a hen ever is making that much noise definitely be patient because i'm a firm believer that those turkeys know each other so well that when they hear that foreign call which is you they're you know, obviously some turkeys in some days, like you can do anything and they're coming in when they're red hot. But, you know, there's some days where having that hen decoy, live hen decoy is way better than any calling you're going to do because he trusts her. You know, he knows her call versus when you're in there yapping. It's like, who's this, you know, who's this gal yeah. coming in out of nowhere? Yeah. So, you know, definitely yeah, learned. Uh, I mean, she set up her made a ruckus and had birds all around us gobbling. And hens on the ground were, you know, fighting with her. And then Zach was throwing in calls, fighting with all of them. It was, it was exciting. Uh, but we decided to leave. We said, you know, let's come back to these birds midday. Sure, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be right here in this woodlot. You know, they're not going to be down there on that, in that strip grass because it's four foot high, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll go back after that single bird. Well, we were walking out, and Zach and Brody were probably 30, 40 yards in front of me. And, you know, there was a, uh, there was a bush that had already bloomed. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going I'm to catch some B-roll here real quick. So I turned around and was getting a close shot with the wind and the new bloom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he thundered right there where they went over the hill. And then same turkeys. Yeah. (laughs) And he got them other two to fire up. So they all start just cutting each other off again. And I was, and I was like, come on, (laughs) you know? And so we ran all the way back up there and Zach was like, 
you know, I think you all got to get to that tree that we wanted to get to early this morning and we couldn't get there. And I was like, I agree. I said, no matter what, I said, we'll, we're going to press to that tree, whether we bump them or not. But we got to get to that tree that we were both talking about to kill them. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you if you want to go out in nature, see, and and and, and just look at birds and have a bird watching up. day. Yeah, we, but we I, I told I told me and Zach both agreed that we needed to get to that tree whether we bump them or not. But to kill, we had to get there. Mm-hmm. So we me and Brody low crawled up there, and I give uh, Zach the thumb up because he stayed back. And he made one sequence. It was like three or four yelps. And I mean, I remember him yelping, and I said, "Brody, there they are." And I was sitting there filming, and and they came up, and I said, "That second bird." I said, "You know, whatever you want to do, whenever you're ready." And he said, "Okay." He said, "He said I'm getting ready to." And that <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at the video, and I'm so glad he didn't shoot because he would have missed. Because that that turkey came up, and it kind of did did a head shake and was looking and it bounced out of the way. So I said, shoot the first one now. And like Brody, if he'd have shot, he'd have missed it. And uh, so he moved on up to the second bird and, and hammered it. And it was a killer morning. You know, I, I love being in the woods with him uh-huh. and, and watching him grow and seeing his reactions and just everything that, you know, most people probably don't give a damn about. It's just fun to watch watch him grow up and, and become a better woods guy yeah get better woodsman i mean i think it's cool and i think there's a lot of people out there too that probably are in a similar position or want to be in a similar position in the future um i i think that you know when i was a kid having my dad and my grandpa's and also guys like um what zach is to brody like my dad's yeah. buddies there's there's a guy um well and a group of guys that we hunted um in camp with when i was a kid and like that stuff is so memorable to me and it made such an impact on me and you know those guys were always super friendly always willing to help me out and bend to and it was just always a lot of fun to be around hunting and I think a lot of it is just the influence, right? And I think you being so interested in it really helps Brody be interested in it. And I I think it's cool, and it's something that at some point in my life I would, I, I, well, I guess let's put it this way. In general, to me, getting new hunters into hunting is always fun, always has been fun. Yes. And I don't have a son or daughter right now. I don't have any kids, but, you know, maybe in the future and if that is ever the case, I can see where like that would become way more fun than shooting something yourself, you know? Well, it's the same thing as, um, taking a, an adult out yep. that's never hunted. You know, I, we, we took plenty of, I've took plenty of friends on bear hunts and, and turkey hunts that like they hear their first gobble and it's just like, Hey, uh-huh. you know what is that? That, when when they get close, they they rattle your insides. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what gets you. That's that's where it's at. For sure. Wow. And those guys, those guys are like turkey hunting now. They don't do anything else, but like they they turkey hunt. Yep. Yep. And and it's the same with the adult. I just take. I guess I take more pleasure 
uh, and get more excited when since he's you know Brody's my own son. Right. Yeah. How yeah. how old was Brody when he first started going with you? So that was you know if we can get a like a positive from COVID. Uh-huh. So you know Brody he'd been in and out of hunting since he was five or six. I never would take him turkey hunting with me though, just because wasn't afraid of what I would do, but I'm just afraid of some other hunters in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get out on public, you just don't know what people if they're going to make sure that they have a visible target or not. Turkey hunting, it, you know, there's accidents that happen. I never did want to put him in that place. Uh, but during COVID, he he hunted every day with me through Virginia, West Virginia, and Ohio. Every he hunted every day except for four days. Jeez. And we drove. We drove. We never stayed in camp because everything was shut down. So we always drove to where we could drive back the same day. So it was we were getting up two, three in the morning every morning, and he did it every morning. And and like he had like seven or eight encounters, and he he missed two that year. And he just just a beginner turkey hunter that you know you and I would have piled them up. I mean, we'd had a, <laughs> we'd had a, we'd had a truckload, you know, but it was fun, but he got aggravated. And, and so, but that's kind that, of the hook too. Don't you think? Oh no. That's when he missed those two. And we had, we had several other counters that he didn't even get a shot off that, you know, birds should have died. It's like, I can't wait till next year to, to see if I can get my first gobbler. And like now, you know, he, he can't call very good, but he's he's full of calls. Uh, and now he can run the hell out of a box call. Um, but, you know, last – then, you know, so COVID year happened. We hunted all the time, and, and that gave him – that, that kind of hooked him. Mm-hmm. And then last year, um, school was back in. It was on and off, whether they were going to do virtual or go to school. And – Man, we had like three or four real good encounters last year. And this is three or four days in a row. Put him on birds. I mean, two one day and birds came in. I mean, killable range and just some mistakes in his learning curve. Uh, and then finally did call some birds in. That video is actually going to drop Wednesday. Uh, it's It's probably some of the best turkey content i've ever filmed and uh he ends up getting his first bird and of course you know i'm like you know i'm i'm act like a damn lunatic anyway when (laughs) when i kill birds you know what i mean so you can imagine uh me calling in my son's first bird and him just absolutely swacking him man uh so after he killed the bird you know you know like he's hooked i mean he loves archery hunting you know, he started archery hunting, and I started letting him get in a tree stand and stuff by him. So he hadn't moved to a saddle yet, uh, but I let him start. He, you know, he goes out by himself in the mornings. He comes home from school and gets his stuff, goes to the tree stand. So he, he but it's, it, it's on his own time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not forcing nothing. But, like, he looks forward to turkey hunting. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, when I said that, you know, Friday night when we got home, like I think back to when I was 13, I would, of course, I didn't, my dad wasn't around to, to hunt and stuff, uh, 
But if my dad would have been around and said, hey, you want to hunt the youth season tomorrow, I'd have like, nah, I'm, I'm sleeping in, going to get up and eat a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, so when Brody said, yeah, let's go, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so he's hooked. You know, he's already talking about, you know, because uh, I asked him, I was like, you know, youth season, you can kill two birds in Kentucky. I said, you want to go back tomorrow? He's like, no. He said, I am going to sleep in tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. And he said, but he said, next Saturday, he said, we're going to be in Virginia hunting, right? And I was like, yeah. So he, he's, he's already looking forward to this weekend going to Virginia turkey hunt. Cause he, he just loves, it. he's like, he's like, cause he had never been in that hen, that flock yep. sound. And like Saturday, he heard everything. And those birds at one point they were like 30 yards and couldn't shoot, but they were just rattling him, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that that's, that's when you can really get somebody hooked is yeah. when that bird's in and you can hear that. <laughs> you know, when you hear, when you, when you hear that and they're just rattling you, I mean, it just does something to you. I mean, oh, yeah. I've killed a bunch of birds, but like every bird, like I just love it. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I think, I, I think the other part that's important is that you're not forcing him. I mean, I think very easily in life when you're a kid, it's easy to get out of something or get this bad um, idea or, or not bad idea. What am I trying to say? I guess like you don't enjoy it as much as you could if you're forced into it. I mean, that goes for like sports too. It's another great example where if you were like, you know, I know Brody plays baseball and I know he likes it. I can just tell he does because I mean, just being with him you know, before and I can yeah. tell he's into baseball. But if he wasn't and you were sitting there saying, Now Brody, you know, you gotta play you gotta play this year. You gotta go out for the team and he's like, Dad, I don't want to It's like, well he's not gonna enjoy it even if he does go out and play, right? So it's yeah. the same thing with hunting. Um, you know, forcing somebody into it. Even if that's really what you want, I don't think is necessarily gonna make them go enjoy it. Where if you just always talk positive you make it fun or you show that it's fun or you tell stories especially from a young age which is what my dad always did my dad's an incredible storyteller so when he would come home and tell me these stories and fine detail of you know seeing the buck and hearing the turkey gobble or you know the the goofy stuff that happened at camp and they were playing pranks on each other and whatever else and it's like i'm sitting there soaking all that in and it's just seemed fun going into it and i think that was enough of a motivating factor you're you're similar in the fact that there's nothing you do that like somebody watching doesn't think oh man that doesn't like you always make things look super fun so i'm sure you know i mean well if we ain't out there having fun then we we probably shouldn't even be out there that's right man i mean I, i've screwed up a bunch of hunts laughing loud and like <laughs> i think hyena and uh dude i got i got a hilarious one for you that we messed up because we were laughing too much it was like i was probably i was 18 or 19 probably and i was with my buddy connor who i'm actually gonna get to hunt with he, he's in the army so he's been in the army for the last 10 years i think or close to and uh, we haven't got a chance to hunt since then together. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, so we're going to get to link that's up. That's the and, guy you tell me about? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
so him oh. and I, him and I were young young guns at this point, and we were trying to get his first deer, and it was Wednesday of Ohio's gun season, and we were in school. I don't, I know, I guess we would have been. Maybe we were in college. It, it, either way, we were we were out for Wednesday of gun season, and we went to this spot where I didn't really have these. I didn't have a bunch of high expectations. It was like let's just go in there have a decent crack at a, a doe or something just a deer to get you know get one under your belt so because that's the case we both bring our guns but i've got my gun like you know behind me just laying on the ground and connor's on my left side and i've got a video camera and we're sitting there and we've got to like joking back and forth about i honestly have no idea what at this point but we're laughing so much that it's just like it's hysterical it's like it doesn't even it's not even making any sense why we're laughing but we're just cracking up and uh i remember a a doe kind of a young doe kind of pops up out of the creek and she's kind of just feeding her way through the timber towards us and you know you don't really think much of that it's like okay just a younger deer in the woods whatever um, let's try to line up a shot here, you know? So he starts kind of lining up. I'm filming the, this deer and it's just getting to a point where he's about to shoot. And all of a sudden I look down on the Creek and coming up out of the Creek is just this big 10 pointer, like damn nice buck. And he comes, he's following that doe. And I think in hindsight, knowing more about deer and, you know, <laughs> just having, so nail. I think that she was in, in heat. I think it was a young, like fawn because it, it was like December, let's say fifth or sixth ish. And I think he was following that fawn. I mean, I know he was, he was, he was, he was rutting because there was another buck behind him that we didn't even really realize was there until it all went down. But he pops up out of the Creek. And I mean, this thing's a tank. Like I'd shoot this buck everywhere I go, you know, it's like a no doubt shooter. And he is 40 yards facing us head on. And I like, I, I know that I need to be serious, but we've been laughing so much that like, I just bust out laughing. Like literally this thing's 40 yards from us. And I just, (laughs) (laughs) so I do that. Uncontrollable. Dude, it was, it was just so ridiculous. So I, I bust out laughing and he, uh, he starts kind of laughing, but then we get like, then it's like, you kind of get like mad, like, Oh, like we're going to mess this up. And this deer is now alert, like looking towards us. And I'm like, shoot him. And it, it looks like a no doubt at 40 yards. He's got a 12 gauge with the scope on it and the slug gun. Like there's no doubt. And he shoots and the buck turns and runs. And it's like, you know, you still think like no doubt. And we're sitting there and like, never really hear a crash, never really. It, and then all of a sudden it starts to kind of be like, wait, what happened? So we get down there, we look at blood, or look for blood, and there's no blood. And finally I'm like, well, let's just watch it on the camera and see if you can tell anything. And when he shoots, you see this tree, like right on the side of the tree, just just split and his slug just smoked that tree and it's just oh dude it was and it's it's one of those stories where it's like had he killed that buck it would have been the most insane thing ever because again we didn't really have any crazy expectations i think really the only reason we even saw that buck is because we got super lucky and we were just in an area where there was a hot doe because when he shot the big buck ran away and there was another smaller buck that took off out of there and it's like december 6th an hour and a half before dark 
or you know whatever the date was give or take like yeah an hour and a half out before dark during wednesday of gun season when they've already been bumped around a bunch it's just not it happens it definitely happens and that's why you go but it doesn't happen very often and and that just was always funny to me that uh oh yeah so i mean but they're you screwed it up but you're still telling that story. Oh, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's it's probably, I mean, in a way, it's almost better that it happened that way. You know yeah. what I mean? So. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's great to tell that, that, yeah, you killed a slammer, but, you know, a lot of the best stories are the non-kill stories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh. Have told me that story if y'all have killed it yeah i know I, I honestly probably wouldn't tell you that story <laughs> it'd be like yeah we got yeah we got him it worked out perfect yeah we knew what we were doing it's like we didn't at all it was just so funny how like and and, uh, and it totally would happen to, to him and i too that that's the other funny part about it is it's like it's totally one of those stories where it, it it's like a total zach and connor thing you know actually another funny one so this is this is this is also just extremely ridiculous. So um I was we were in college. So it was me, Connor and my brother. So same guy and then my brother. Yeah. And we were turkey hunting and we were up in this area that we really liked and we had a lot of good a lot of good hunts in there and I th- I think the story goes, we had heard some birds early, everything had kind of quieted down, we moved into a spot that we felt like was just a good spot to be kind of set up for the mid-morning, and we were all kind of sitting on different trees, and we were on an edge where it broke into some reclaimed stuff, you know, and there was just enough brush around us that um, we could be sitting on different trees, and we had cover from that edge, we are sitting there, and all of a sudden... I hear, I'm like in the tree up front or something, or I'm like facing a little bit different direction. And I start hearing Connor start laughing. And what, meanwhile, I hear clucking or putting. And this hen is like, at, like all of a sudden, just in an instant at like five yards. And these guys are laughing. And like they're uncontrollably laughing. But this hen's right here. And I'm kind of getting pissed because I'm like, guys, like get serious. Like maybe she's got a Tom with her. Well, anyway, she kind of works her way off, and I kind of turn around, you know, pretty frustrated at them, like, hey, what's going on? And they can't even talk to me. They're laughing so hard. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, my brother had mooned Connor, like, just, just totally goofing off, yeah. mooned him, and as soon as that happened, they started laughing. That hen came in, and then they couldn't control themselves. Then they, then they were just laughing. Oh, dude, it's just like... One of those things. It's, you didn't have a clue what was going on. I didn't have a clue. So I, here I am sitting there just extremely frustrated at him. But it's funny. And that's that's the type of stuff that, you know, when you tell those stories to a new hunter, the stuff that's funny or you, you're explaining how fun it is, to me, that's that's what makes that makes me want to go, man. It's like when I start getting too caught up and knocking something down, it, it becomes not fun anymore. And I've definitely been in that situation. I'm sure you have where you start putting too much pressure on yourself and you're like, like, man, I really got to get something down. I really got to, you know, have success or, you know, whatever. I'm not going to fill my tag this year. 
I'm going to go home empty hand. And it's like, if you start putting that pressure on yourself, it's no fun anymore. Yeah. Speaking of no, fun, I- speaking of fun, I got, I got, I got to get you to tell the story of your injury. Oh. And having the- a little, and maybe pushing the fun a little bit too much. Well, I don't know if you've never done too much now. Um, so last year, spring turkey season, you know, and, and I'm just going to preface just a little bit before I tell a story. So the last day of Ohio season during 20, yeah, last year was 21 mm-hmm. of 20. The last day of Ohio season 20, a raccoon gets after my son uh, at gray light. He comes running to me, this coon chasing him, and his foot gets stuck in a root wad. He his ACL at uh, 11 years old. That's, cr- that's crazy. Okay. That's like, that's a really, I feel like it's a pretty low, I mean, it definitely happens in the woods, but pretty low odds and pretty crazy story well you know i snatched him up because i had i had hooted and heard one guy i said you hear that and he's sitting on like this deadfall log and i said listen to where he's at i said i ain't real sure he's like okay so i walked like 10 15 feet from him and i hooted again and then i hear him going oh no oh no 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 and he's like running well he he eats crap right in front of me and man i i kind of grabbed his arm. I snatched him up. I said, hey, what are you doing? You scared off every damn bird in the county. <laughs> and he was like a raccoon. And then I looked, and this raccoon sitting there going, <laughs> and it's like, you know, four or five yards behind him. And I go over and I, you know, kicked him. And, man, he squalled, and he ran up a tree, like right beside us, and was just sitting on the side of the tree barking at us. And I was like, Man, I'm out to kill you. Well, he ends up going up that tree, and I was like, "You all right?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm all right." He said, "I think I've done something to my knee." And I'm like, "Hey, you're all right." And then, so we sit there. And I said, "Well, let's just let everything calm down." And a bird gobbled, and I all oh, way up the ridge. And I said, "Come on, let's roll." So I start humping it. You know, I, 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 I I'm probably too hard on him, but <laughs> I look back, and he's dragging his leg. And I'm like, dude, pick it up. High step. Let's go. <laughs> and so we get over there, and he's just like grimacing to sit down on the ground. And I'm like, you know, what is wrong with you, dude? You know, little sore leg. And ended up, you know, about an hour and a half, two hours, you know, his leg had swelled up. He couldn't hardly walk. And it took me two hours to pack him out. <laughs> so we, we were up on – we had walked up from the creek. So we had to walk back down that way to get the truck. So he ended up turning his ACL. So then jump forward to last year. It was three days before the end of West Virginia season. And Greg Godfrey with Tethered, uh, he and Jared uh, came up to turkey hunt with us because we were going, we were doing a teaching train that weekend. Mm-hmm. So Greg and I were out turkey hunting. And it, you know, get, you know how it is the end of the season. I mean, you're just running and gunning, trying to find that last bird that just wanting to get laid. Yeah. There's just no gobbles, no, no nothing. And uh, so we had run and gun that morning, and we went out on this 
this surface mine area. And I said, I said, Greg, let's park here. I said, well, let's walk over here and call down that holler. And, you know, that, that reclaimed land, it's just all kinds of terrain and rocks laying everywhere. And three and four foot differences, you know. And we get over there. And, we, and as we're walking over there, we jump these Schultz up. And he's like, oh, God, what is that? You know, Greg, you know, <laughs> he's like, real jumpy, you know. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I said, I said, I said, damn. I said, them, I said, that's that's wild piglets. I said, them Schultz. And he's like, man, he said, uh, we got feral hogs down in Georgia. He said, I've never seen Russian boar. And I was like, man, I said, we probably need, let's just bow out and go to the truck. You know, because they, they ran out there in front of us and went over the hill where I was wanting to call. I was like, this, I said, there's a big hog around somewhere. They, them little hogs just ain't in here. <laughs> right, by themselves. themselves. Yeah. And uh, I was like, let's go back to the truck, and we'll go somewhere else. And he's like, man, I've never seen them before. He said, let's just go over and look at them. And I was like, Greg, I said, I'm telling you, like, I don't get buggered in the woods over anything. I said, these hogs, they bugger me up. I said, we're out here in this open grass. I said, we ain't got a tree to jump into. Right. No gun. We ain't have guns. All I had was a mouth call and a, and a slate call. Was I going to stab him with my damn <laughs> strike? You know, blunt floors trauma or something? <laughs> uh, but he talked me into going over there to the edge to look at him. Well, we got over there, and there there they are, 15 yards from us, and there's big mama sitting down there. She's probably 150, you know, 160-pound hog, and they're just feeding around. And Greg's like, four to five feet to my right. So he's looking at a different angle. And I was like, Greg, you see her down there? He's like, oh, yeah. He said, I see both of them. I said, Greg, there's only one and a bunch of shows. He said, oh, no. He said, there's, there's two. He said, that, that second one's a big one. And I was like, I don't see him. And then the next thing you know, that, that sow is feeding and that big boar comes out and he and he he's trying to mount her. You know, and like he gets real aggressive and tries to, you know, he he tusks her. He he, you know, kind of grabs her hind leg and flips her, and like, uh, and I was like, oh hell, <laughs> and you know, really, I mean, that's right, you know. And he looks at, and that big boar looks up at us, and I was like, don't you move. Of course, I was using some other choice words, <laughs> and that hog looked up at us, and he kind of he went. I was like, oh, God. Well, I, we didn't move, and he went back to feeding. And uh, and I don't know what I found funny about this situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and Greg was like, oh, my God. And I was, and you know, so I, I said, did, did you see him bark at us, man? I said, he, he's aggressive. And, like, it, it might have been me looking at Greg's face. I don't know what it was that – I found so humorous, but I started cackling in my laugh. You know, it's kind of like a a squall, and, you know, I'm laughing. And I didn't even think about it, but that hog heard, and he come around that brush again, and he stood up, and, I mean, the hair stood up on his back, and, I was, and I'm still laughing. And, and I, you know, I, I pig squeal uh, all the time, and it usually makes him run off. And uh, give us one. So this hog, give us a pig squeal. This, 
Hey, I did that, and I don't know if that a gun thought it was a challenge or what. He didn't run away. My God, he buried down, and he was plowing ground coming towards us. I'm telling you, I said, Greg, I said, run. We looked like the Jalala brothers. You know them guys that do the terrorist bomb stuff, and, it, and that music comes up? Run. Yeah. That's what, that's what I said, you better run. And by God, we turned back to the truck. That truck looked like it was a mile and a half away. It, it looked this big. It looked an inch big. And I was like, I said, Greg, we ain't going to make it. And he was probably 10 yards in front of me because he had took off earlier. And I, I, all I, you know, I was thinking, I said, I got past Greg. And Greg, Greg's only like five and a half foot tall. So I was striding out. You know, he was, he was doing the, the, he was just choppy legs. And, uh, well, Greg, I, I passed Greg, and I swear I hear Greg when I pass him. Greg went, oh, shit. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> so about that time, Greg bites it. I mean, hits the ground. And I stopped because I figured, you know, the hog was going to get close to him. I stopped to go back. Well, hell, that, that boar is still on me. So I take off running again, and I hear him. I mean, he, he's, he's on my heels. It's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, man, he's going to clip me. Because, I mean, you know, they'll come by you and, and they'll catch your calf. And then they, 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 they jerk their head is what they do. It's not like that they stick their tusk in you. Right. But they'll get close to you, and then they flip their head, and then the tusk just opens you up. It's, it's, just, it's, it's like a, la a laceration. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Oh God, man, he's going, and that's, that's all I'm thinking is like, man, I'm getting clipped. I'm getting clipped. And so I said, I got to get some space between us. So I make a right turn and I jump, I, I land on one rock and I jump and it's like a four foot, you know, like a, you got to sit cause it's kind of ripped up, but it looks like a four foot drain. So I jump over it. And then when I land, I land on my right foot and take another leap to go over like another little four foot drain. Well, when I landed on that next, I landed on my left foot and my toes came up and hit me in my belly. Oh. And I mean, instant, instantaneous, uh, pain. I mean, I even hollered, I said, Greg, I'm down. <laughs> like I was in the Marine Corps and by God, I'm a casualty of war. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man down, man down. <laughs> and, and, He's still down. He's 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 hollering back. I'm going. I'm down too. <laughs> and you know, and I and like I tried to jump up immediately because I know there's hogs there, and I fall right back down. I mean, my leg is just like just Ugh. whipping in the wind, and I fall back down and I crawl up on fours, and I mean, it's just it's excruciating uh, pain, and I get on all fours, and I'm I'm trying to peek over those. Uh, tops of those that like the drain i jumped over and I, I finally saw it hogs back and he's going back to where those other hogs were and i was like oh god you know because god knows what he could have done to me if he caught me on the ground i mean he'd just flipped me up and you know who knows yeah so you got just enough you got just enough rocks between you to where he just decided yeah, like he'd he, had enough like he, yeah like he was like where'd that guy go he disappeared and like he didn't hear anything and so like he 
went back to those other pigs and that shit and those Schultz and uh and I was sitting there in just agony. And and Goffrey finally limps up there and he's like, Hey, what, what, what's well, you know, what's going on? He said, He's like, Man, I shattered my phone and shattered my camera. And he said, I think I broke my arm. And like his arm is just buckled, dude. <laughs> and, and I was like, Well, I said, I said, Godfrey, I said, I said, I, I don't want to talk anymore. I said, you need to get my feet and stick them up on those rocks and get them above my head. I said, I'm going to pass out. He said, what? What? And I was like, it's okay. I said, I'll wake up. I said, but I'm going to pass out <laughs> from the pain. And so I get, he gets my feet and he picks my leg up. And, you know, your leg normally bends this way. He picked, he picked my legs up. And my leg goes this way, opposite direction, and he lets go of it. Oh. It's the ground, and I'm like, oh, God, that's the hurt leg. And he's like, oh, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. So, so I finally get up, I finally get it up, and uh, I get I get uh, blood back in my head, and you know, and and I, I don't pass out, but like I'm just dying, and we're still eighty to hundred yards from the truck. And uh, I was like, Greg, I'm going to need a little help out of here. He's like, I got you. I got you. I was like, all right. So I get up on one leg and, you know, I put my arm around Greg and we took one step and both of us fell. He said, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to help you. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to carry you out. He's like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, Greg, just go to the truck. I said, I'll be over there in a little bit. I said, I'll get there. And, uh, so Greg goes to the truck. He's like, I'll get the truck and pull as close as I can pull. And uh, he was able to get, you know, 10, 15 yards closer, but ended up just low crawling out there. Jeez. He got to the truck, and he helped me get in the truck. And we told Jared and Kirk what had happened. They thought we were kidding. So we went over and met with them. And my knee had already swelled up, you know, terrible, because I, I tore my ACL, my MCL, both my meniscus, and I broke my tibia. Jeez, dude. I mean, I laugh. I laugh oh, no, because it, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's you a, get it. Oh, you get. Hell yeah. You should laugh. <laughs> it's just like, it's just craziness. It's such a crazy story, but it's also does put into perspective, like while I said earlier, we were talking about Brody, that it's low odds. It definitely, the stuff definitely happens. I mean, Hell, you could just be jumping across the creek and have the same thing That's happen, right. you know. That's exactly right. The fact that a that a hog was chasing you makes it yeah, is the kind of the hilarious part. <laughs> the only reason I even talked about Brody tearing here is because we tore ours four days apart year to date. That's insane. Yeah. So it's uh I mean it's like it was one of those times, you know, when you do something you think it's like the worst time in your life. Or you think something bad has happened, you're like, man, this is terrible. But then you come out of it, and it's like, man, I'm gonna tell you what. And this way, I look at stuff because I've had a lot of bad shit happen to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of injuries. I mean, I've had a bunch of surgeries, and because of the way I live and the way I push myself. But it's like, man, this is gonna be a freaking killer story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sure. this right here is gonna be a campfire story that gets told for a long damn time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, that, and that's kind of how I look at it. For sure. Talk about like moving forward. Then what? Um, what did you have to do to recover? I'm sure there was all kinds of work that you had. Both you and Brody had to put into it to get back to 100. percent 
at this point, Brody is he is, had just got released a hundred percent, and it's a little different for a, a, his age and our and our age. Mm-hmm. If you'd have surgery where he's still growing and that growth plate and stuff, so he he had a year recovery. He mm-hmm. missed basketball, baseball season, uh, totally out. Um, so for me, and you know, um, so I had like six weeks pre-op uh therapy to kind of get everything built back up and get it moving good mm-hmm. but then surgery uh, so there's a doctor here in west virginia at marshall university that does these um it's called a fertilized acl surgery so they're not going in it's it's less invasive they're not taking the quad tendon they're I, they use the conda- a cadaver on me and um so i i had surgery which the surgery you know it's a pretty long surgery but the next day i get sent to therapy and which i don't think it's normal and i ain't a normal person i know that uh and i tell everybody that just people don't believe me all the time but i did 20 leg lifts with that surgery leg the next day and like my physical therapist was like dude you okay or you just doped up <laughs> You know, because, you know, at that point, you, you know, you're you're st- like for four days after any major surgery, it's just you get a check on yourself. Uh-huh. Kind of you can either lay down or you can just suck it up because it's going to suck. I don't care what kind of surgery you have. Four days, four to five days, it's going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did um, my push. And this is at the time that I knew I had got invited to come to the public land challenge. Yep. What, what, about my surgery. So I had surgery mid July and we'd already talked about, you know, with you all about doing the plan challenge like this past fall. So my goal was the doctor was like, Hey man, you might be out till November, December. You might not even get to hunt. And I'm like, Oh dude, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're talking to the wrong, wrong individual, you know? So my goal was to, get to be good enough to do the public land challenge, which that was the first time um, since that day had happened. That was the first time I got in the woods was in Indiana. Really? Uh, and I got around good. Yeah. And uh, I, d- I didn't get the, I didn't hound hunt a whole lot last year because it's just a different level of, of physical um, legs on you chasing and stuff. But I hunted, you know, November, December. And, and then I got, I got fully released. I think in January, they let me go. And it's, I still am building the strength up cause I started working out again about eight weeks ago and I'm still building the strength up, but man, I feel good. I mean, that's good. it's a, <laughs> I don't, it sucks to be injured, but like, like I said, I mean, it, it's happened before. So I kind of know what to expect the mindset. Yeah. I mean, there was two days at physical therapy. I told, I mean, there's kids, and this is the difference in growing up we've talked about before, but there's kids in there. Like when you have physical therapy, you better go in there with a good positive mindset because it's you're not going in there to get rubbed on and then pe- people coddle you and say, hey, now, honey, <laughs> we're going to bend your leg. You know, it's going to hurt like hell. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, but pain's just weakness leaving the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to listen to these kids. They were complaining the whole time because we all had three ACLs done. 
And I told him, I said, hey, leave. Y'all need to get out of here. I said, this this zone right here around me is positivity. If you ain't got positivity, get away from me. And 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 the owner of the, the the therapy place is like, we have Josh the patient, and he said, she said, we also have Josh, the counselor, the therapist. <laughs> that, that one that one kid started crying. I was like, dude, you ain't no reason to cry. I was like, he's eight weeks in, still had his brace on, he's still in crutches. I think I was only like a week. I, I was five days, and the doctor took me off crutches. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and and it's all in your mind. Yeah. It's like hunting when you're out there and you're just like you've been on the grind. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. It. I mean, everybody's been on the grind, but like when you're hunting every day and like the season y'all had last fall, yep, yep, you're kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. Like that would that would jack with your head. Oh yeah, that would it will either coerce you into making more mistakes and struggling, or you can say, hey, let's let's do this and we're going move forward we'll stay positive this is just it's hunting not killing yeah yeah and and like with an injury it's while it is a setback it's not the end it's not the end of your career whether whatever that career is whether it's playing sports or hunting or whatever it's not the end of the career unless you make it the end of your career you know what i mean like unless you just kind of fold like that i mean obviously there's there's extreme injuries that may that may be the case, but like with an ACL or, you know, a sprained ankle or, you know, a, a shoulder that's uh, popped out of place or whatever. I'm just using examples of things yeah. that are like, they feel major at the moment, but like the only reason they would end your career is if you just say, ah, I'm not going to go back to work and, and, you know, I'm not going to do the physical therapy or whatever. And I, I mean, I think that in a way it can be, and, and you've kind of explained to me where this situation for you was like a positive. You you spun it to be a positive, right? It's like you come out of it with more motivation to get back yeah. to what you're doing, and it ends up not even being close to the other world. You spin it in a way that becomes you know positive to you, and I think that's that's important. Well, it's important in every situation, every change. Uh, you can everybody can always look at what bad or what negative could or will happen or has happened. Um, I always try to look for the, for the best in situations and, and, you know, and in people, Mm. I mean, but you know, everybody has the grinding mentality. It's just whether you want to dig in there and get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah. I've been, I've been watching the, uh, the Michael Jordan last dance documentary. Yeah. Love yeah. it. I love it. Grinder. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like just okay. the, like the most, the most grinder, you know, the guy just gets after it and he just never backs down from anything. And I, I think it's just such a good life lesson in general where whatever it is in your life that you can, you know, work your hardest at whatever it is, it's not necessarily going to be basketball, obviously not NBA basketball, but find something in your life that you're passionate about and go for it and work really hard at it. And you can't lose. I mean, you really can't lose if you do that. And I just think that, you know, sports in general will teach you that. Hunting will teach you that. Um, and it's just a, you know, it's a good way to live life is be positive and try to work really hard and just never give up. If you do that, 
How do you lose we, in life? <laughs> you and I have talked about it multiple times that, yeah, if you, like, I'm a firm believer in work, hunting, in life, just like you're talking about. If you wake up every morning and you, and you get after it, it's going to work out for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Your hard work might not ever feel like it's going to pay off. It might be 10, 15 years and you're busting your ass. But at some point, somebody's going to notice it. Mm-hmm. And and if you're out there hunting and you're waking up every morning, you're grinding and you're, and you're waking up even more than you, you wake up, the alarm clock goes off and you're just wanting to turn that son of a bitch off and go back to bed and warm leg it. Uh, and you still get up and hunt. You might not kill anything, but I, I, I would almost bet you money if you keep grinding, you keep on waking up, you're going to have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, and I think it gets paid off in other ways. Now, whether you take advantage of the opportunity or not, that's each hunter's or or each worker or whatever, that's up to you. But that that opportunity is going to happen if you're up and going every morning. It's just like, just like Brody turkey hunting every day except four days two years ago he kept on getting opportunities he'd have a bad day and he'd be like man i can't believe i missed that bird today and he just i'd say well you i'd go in there in the morning go hey you gonna go yeah i'm getting up yeah i am you know he's reluctant but like he's hooked to go oh yeah you know and i i think it's i think that that hard work and and that ethic of just that just to go, I think it it, it gets rewarded. It, it just might 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 not be the reward you're looking for, but I think that every the reward could be an opportunity. It could be a conversation with somebody you didn't know and you develop a relationship. It could be a financial reward. I mean it just to, it just depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that's how I always that's how I always go at it. Yeah. You've been working out, you said, for eight weeks. So what's, what, you feeling good about that? Yeah. So I, I'm not, like, <clears throat> Schwarzenegger working out. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm not like the, uh, the, the, that Coleman guy. I can't remember his first name, the the, the big black fella that <laughs> yeah. was just a, a mammoth of a man. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, so with the knee injury, um. I just don't want to pack as much weight as around as I, I have because typically, you know, I run 245 to 255. And um, and then also, you know, hell, I'm this, there's no secret to it. Hell, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm wanting to take care of my, you know, if I'm packing around this weight and my joints are hurting and I'm breathing more and my heart's working more, so I'm wanting to take care of my heart mm-hmm. too. So I've been working out, not – and I'm really not watching what I eat. I just, if I eat bad, then I work out harder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of oh, like yeah. I'm working out so I can eat what I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, I know that's not like, it's not always the most, um, you know, people people will say like, oh, you shouldn't punish yourself. And like, I agree with that to a certain point. But it's also like, well, if I enjoy punishing myself, it's like, who, who cares what I'm doing? You know, it's like, because so, I'm yeah. the same way, dude. I'll go, I'll like. Like, I was at home this past weekend, and I was with my family, and, like, I never eat sweets, or I try not to, you know? Like, I, if there's cookies, like, I'll pass. The, the the sweet that I eat is peanut butter and 
bars, you know, when I'm hunting. So I uh, was around my family and like they made dessert and I had some of it, you know, which I don't normally do, but it's like, well, when I, when I was yesterday, I was sitting in the car with my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm going to work out from now until the end of turkey season. Like I'm going to quit making excuses, even though I'm hunting, it's like, I'm going to take time at the end of the day or whatever, you know, middle of the day to work out. Cause it's like, I'm tired of, and it's not because a little bit of it is like, I feel like, oh, I ate bad. Now I got to try to like kind of, you know, kick it into gear, but it's also like, I don't want to make excuses. And I feel like that's just something that I, in the hunting season, I have a tendency. It's like, oh, I'm tired. It's like, yeah, I'm tired, but like. I still got gas left in the tank for sure. You know, it's like, and I actually end up feeling way better when I just do it. You know what I mean? It's like, if I just go That's, work out, it's like, dude, I feel way better. I become, I, it, it, it's a good release too. Yeah. Mentally. It's makes me feel great. Yeah. It's like, so I just do uh, body weight exercises. I row a lot. I got a rowing machine. I need to get row a rowing a machine. The thing I, looks I, like it'll I kick your a, ass. Yeah, they're they're legit. Like <laughs> all body workout, and you know, I started out where I couldn't row like seven, eight minutes in a row, and now you know, I'm pushing twenty five, thirty minute workouts, and then I'll do you know I do a lot of push ups, squats, stuff like that, and I'll do some kettlebell stuff, but uh, you know, I'm not in there throwing big iron around because I just don't need it. No, I mean, I'm trying, you know. And it's easy, that stuff, it's just like when I was on vacation, like I worked out every other day on vacation. Yep. It's easy to knock out 200 push-ups. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 200 air squats. I think for a hunter, that is all you ever need. I mean, by all means, if you want to expand and do different stuff, like I think that's great. But like, like what I'm talking when I say I'm going to work out in season, I got – some dumbbells in here that I may use like uh, some light dumbbells to get a couple extra exercises in, yeah. but I'm talking squat, lunge, push up, you know, any ab core workout, like dips, pull ups. Like I'm sitting here where I'm parked doing this podcast. There's like a, a park right across the street. Like there's playground equipment. I guarantee I can get my pull ups done when we're done with this on that. Yeah. But you know, and it's just stuff like that. I think it's, it's, it's really all you need, especially, especially to stay in shape for, for hunting. And I think it's honestly, it's about as good as it gets. It's like, yeah, for conditioning. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's what I'm, that's, uh, that's what I'm working towards is mm-hmm. it's just being able to strengthen my leg up so it's more stable and then just be able to get around in the woods better and then feel better for myself too. For sure. So, so, so final final topic here oh shit here we go here we go so so, been some changes in the untamed and as and as a you know a fan i feel like you know me and like jake and ted we're all like oh man you know like you know what's gonna what's gonna be different you know and it's like you have all these questions i think as a fan of of something when you know changes big changes happen you're like well i kind of want to know why and i feel like there's probably more than just me and jake and ted sitting there thinking like what you know what's going on what's next what's what's happened whatever so talk just about like 
what your goals are moving forward and what's happened, what changes are happening for those maybe that don't know. Yeah, so when we started the end team four years ago, it was me, Kirk, and two other guys, and um, Kirk, and I'm just paddling in different directions. That's the best way to 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 say it. I mean, Kirk Kirk's going to start his own channel. Kirk's going to do great things. Kirk's good at what he does. Oh yeah. Uh, he's going he's going to put out good content, um, but he's starting his own own channel on YouTube, and he's and he's branding his own name. So, um, you can check him out, Kirk Price, and he, he's already dropped, you know, several videos and he's going to do good stuff, uh, for me and the untamed, I'm going to keep, continue doing what we're, what we've done the last four years. The changes are going to be, there probably will be less hound hunting. I mean, I'm still going to hound hunt because I love to do it, mm-hmm. uh, but because of Brody and um, because of some of the things that I just want to do, you know, I'm where I'm older. I mean, I turned 46, uh, just this past month and I want to hunt with, uh, I want to go to squirrel camp. If, 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 if a deer season's coming in and this, I don't know if I can, if this is a good way to explain it or example, but I don't want to be thinking that I have to go deer hunting or go hunt with my buddies and take my son and their sons and take all the side-by-sides and go to squirrel camp for a weekend and have a hoot mm-hmm. or go deer hunting and not force content because I love deer hunting, but it's like, you know, I'd rather be at squirrel camp with my son, letting him hang out with all of my buddies' sons letting them take the side-by-sides out and wrecking them like I did when I was young, yeah. covering them in mud and acting like hoodlums. And, <clears throat> you know, so so some of the changes for that in time just going to be, uh, I plan on incorporating some lifestyle stuff mm-hmm. of what my normal day life is because, you know, there's a lot of people that think that I just get to hunt, and that's not the case. I actually work to hunt. Um, and you know, YouTube and the platforms, they're all great, but it's, and I love doing that, providing mm-hmm. that, but so I'm going to incorporate what I actually do in my life, mm-hmm. whether it's from work perspective, uh, or a family perspective of, and the family perspective, you know, I'm going to do some cooking stuff cause I, I absolutely love to cook. Um, so, and I love to eat, obviously, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and kind of raising Brody, how, how he's in, he's kind of encircled in my life mm-hmm. through hunting, through work, through me chasing him in sports and whether it's school sports or, or, or travel sports, uh, I want to incorporate all that. And I'm, and we're, you know, my focus is going to be, um, on the, in the, the valley and the region of Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. And, and I, and I hope to incorporate Pennsylvania in that. And then, you know, I'll take the trips like with you all, uh, when, when, when invitation, but like, I'm not going to be, 
I don't want to be that traveling influencer. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I, I want to focus on the eastern seaboard—not eastern seaboard, but eastern whitetails in West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, and, and turkeys as well. That's my focus for turkey season also. Um, so that's kind of going to be the, the the route that I take with the untamed and the direction I take with it. Um, I think that I think the lifestyle stuff. I think people will enjoy seeing what's going on when you're not out there acting like an imbecile hunting. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like I act like an imbecile in, in civilian clothes too. I don't have to have camo camo on to do that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think it's a good so that's kind of the, that's kind of the direction yeah i think that's a good thing though like you said earlier we've discussed plenty of times in in our friendship is if you're not doing what you love then what's the point of even doing it it's like if you're forcing things that you know you don't enjoy and like obviously um with your situation brody being so much into it you know, or as into it as he is and getting more and more into it. And he's, you know, getting to an age now where you guys are really able to, you know, take advantage of time, you know, time to go do it. It's time to go do it. Like that's, that's when I was about his age is when my dad and I just went crazy with this. Like every weekend we were going and I mean, to the point where, you know, it was getting kind of ridiculous at times, but you know, we were just having a blast with it. And that, that stuff is so important and it's obviously a small window where at some point he's going to get to where he's graduated high school and you know wherever he goes from there you know it it, it will change the situation right so now's the time to do it and man i i fully support doing what what makes you happy and obviously like there's no question that you love hunting anything like oh yeah you, you love hunting anything but being able to go out and do those different things, maybe the things that you haven't had a chance to do as much, you know, since the untamed, you, you feel like, and same thing, I mean, we, we do the same thing to a certain degree, it's like, man, I don't ever, I don't ever fish anymore, fishing's over for me, it seems like, it's like, I used to fish all and the time. You, up, you, you used to be ate up with fishing. Oh yeah, dude, I used to spend, I mean, all the time, I'd go, I'd, I fished more than I hunted when I was in college, I'd say, like, as, as far as I like can hour if you were to do an hourly total i would say i certainly fished more than i hunted i loved them both but at yeah. the time i hunt i fished about as much as you could dream of it's like every day after school or work or whatever it was from about especially in the sp- spring from mid-march when the water would get pretty warm and deer season was over till you know i started getting serious about deer hunting again in october i was pretty much fishing every day from 5 p.m till dark you know and it's just like i don't do that yeah. at all anymore so i love I, I love catfishing uh-huh but i don't get to do it. yeah there's you know there's only so much that you can only so much you can do right yeah so that but that's i mean like i said i mean we just decided to kind of split up and uh I'm going to push forward. Hell yeah, Onward man. and upward. <laughs> cool. I hope up. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't downward. <laughs> uh, well, you keep being yourself, and I guarantee that people will enjoy it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 like you said before, if you're not genuine and you're not doing what you like, then you can't be genuine. Uh-huh. And then if you ain't genuine, folks is going to see through it. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. So, but that's the plan, you know, and uh, we've got a pretty good uh, spring season planned out. Like, we already got a couple birds on the board, you know, Jay's been in Alabama and Georgia grinding for the past week, and Brody and I, and then my turkey season actually starts this Saturday. And I'll hunt in Virginia two days, and then hopefully we'll lay a couple down. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked because I feel like now April, April is my favorite time frame. I mean, definitely had had some good hunts in March, but... April, April is my favorite month of turkey season. Seems like stuff, especially like in areas where, where like you have described, like Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, yeah. like that mid to late April time frame. If you hit it right and you got good weather those days, it's like whew, it can be lights out. So I'm looking forward to it. Anything above Interstate 40 and east of the Mississippi. <laughs> it's fire in april that's right that's right cool man well hey i'll let you get back to whatever you whatever else you got going on i mean i know we could talk for for hours but hell yeah we could we'll say i'm sure we'll we'll save it for another campfire yeah that's right that's right sitting in the truck because i know the temperature's rising (laughs) (laughs) you see my pit sweating (laughs) He's got a got a uh, hanky wiping his forehead off, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Dude, uh, I always enjoy it. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. I'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah, sounds good, dude. See ya. Buddy.